We stand to hear the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. And then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength my Redeemer. Amen. This is the 15th day of the resurrection, the first day in the third week of Easter. We return this week to our reading of John's letter of encouragement to a hurting church. Last week we introduced this written sermon. We met the Jewish Christian community in Asia Minor, perhaps in Ephesus, that received this letter a community standing in between their heritage and a synagogue that no longer welcomed them, and a culture increasingly hostile to those who refused to worship the gods of the age, a community that had been wounded by schism as some left the truth. We explored this foundational, life-changing, transforming, capital T truth, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. We heard that by believing this truth, we become children of the living God. In walking out this truth in our identity as children of God, we're bound together in love. And as a community grounded in truth and walking in love, we overcome the world. This week, we come to the beginning of this encouraging word to a hurting church. We will see the eternal source and nature of this life-changing and life-giving truth. We will see that this truth brings us into the fellowship of the Father and of the Son. And we'll see how this truth calls us to walk in love as the beloved community. The eternal truth calling us into the fellowship of God so that we may walk in love as the beloved community, even when we are wounded and discouraged, hated and reviled by the world. 
we begin with the eternal truth, as John writes. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning this word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and we testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifest to us, which we have seen and heard, that we proclaim also to you. The one who was from the beginning, the one we have been with, the one we know, the word of life. I think John was probably just warming up for the great Christ hymn that begins his gospel account. In the beginning was the word. The word which was made manifest. The word incarnate among us. The word that brings eternal life with the Father. The word we have seen and we have heard. This is the word that we proclaim also. The word that is Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. The eternal truth that shatters the lies of our temporal world. John does not write to this wounded church, rehearsing the wounds and betrayals, refuting the lies of those who have departed. John does not lower the gospel of Christ into the muck of the world. Instead, John proclaims the life-giving truth, the eternal truth. And this truth, this gospel, raises the wounded church above the nastiness that surrounds it. John proclaims this eternal truth so that, this is why he's proclaiming, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus the Christ. And we are writing these things to you so that our joy may be complete. The eternal truth of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, the word of life, made manifest in the person of Jesus, incarnate among us, suffering, dying, rising, and ascending to the right hand of the Father. This eternal truth brings us into fellowship into the love of the Father and the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is only in joining in this divine fellowship that we have truly true fellowship one with another. To the hurting church, wounded by schism and persecuted by the cultures around them, a church that feels alone and adrift, John proclaims fellowship with God, a fellowship that unites them, a fellowship that heals and sustains because it is true fellowship and it is true fellowship with the one true God the loving healing transforming fellowship that indeed makes joy complete the eternal truth calling us into the fellowship of God so that we may walk in love as the beloved community John describes the beloved community by describing first the nature of God, the nature of God that forms this community. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light. The community of God is the community of light. There is no darkness in God and there is no darkness in the beloved community. 
How I wish this perfection of community to which we are called and to which we are being formed were already so. John proclaims this perfection to which we are being formed and then describes how we yield to that perfection even as we recognize that we are not yet perfected in our community. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. When we choose to walk in the way of darkness, the way of bitterness, envy, hatred, the ways of the cultures around us that are devoid of the truth, the way of the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eye, and the pride of life and possessions. When we choose to walk in darkness, we leave the light, and we have no fellowship with God and no fellowship with one another. When we walk in darkness, we cannot walk in truth. We might put it this way. When we seek our identity, worth, and value in the trappings of the world, we reject and deny our true identity as children of God. Let me say that again. When we seek our identity, worth, and value in the trappings of the world, we deny and reject our true identity as children of God. But, but if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Oh, what a beautiful invitation. As we turn from darkness into light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us and restores us into community with God and into community with one another. This is a beautiful description of the way that Jesus is the way of atonement, the cleansing of sin, the giving of life that leads us into the presence and glory of God. John then continues with the reminder that we all need atonement. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar, and his word is not in us. The wounded church, even though faithful to the truth, is not perfect. The wounded church must still allow the truth to examine, transform, and heal it. The wounded church, that's us. We must still allow the word of God to do its work in us. We must confess our part in walking in darkness. Our ways of being unloving to God, unloving to ourselves, and unloving to those around us. And if we deceive ourselves, actively practicing self-deception and seeking self-righteousness, Telling ourselves that the darkness we are walking in is light. Telling ourselves that we can be children of the world and children of God. Telling ourselves that we do not need healing and transformation. When we reject truth, we call the God that is truth a liar. When we choose to dwell in death, 
we reject and banish the word of life. Seems like a no-brainer. Walk in light, not in darkness. Walk in life, not in death. Walk in the truth and not in lies. If only, if only it were that simple. John writes, I, my little children, my dear ones, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, when anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. John speaks to the wounded church in the first century. John speaks to us, the wounded church, in the 21st century. My dear ones, I hope that you will know the truth and walk in it. I hope that you will know light and walk in it. I hope that you will know the eternal life and fellowship that is in the Father and the Son, and that you will walk in it. I hope that we will walk together as the beloved community. I hope, but I also know that we will falter. So take heart. When we falter, when we break fellowship with the Father and the Son, when we break fellowship with one another, when we seek our identity in something other than the truth that we are beloved children of God, it is Jesus and Jesus alone that restores us to relationship. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, makes atonement as priest and sacrifice, cleansing us from sin, giving us life in his blood, and restoring us to fellowship. It is Jesus who calls us to walk once more in love as the beloved community. Jesus does not just call us to redemption and reconciliation. Jesus calls the whole world, even those who have walked away, those who have chosen darkness over life, those who continue to deceive themselves, Jesus calls them. Jesus even calls those who have betrayed us and hurt us to forgiveness, to redemption, to reconciliation, to community in the Father and the Son. The eternal truth calls us into the eternal fellowship so that we may walk in love as the beloved community. As we hear John proclaim this truth, in this encouragement to the church, I invite you to prayerfully consider the people in your life who are, who are estranged from fellowship with God and from fellowship with his beloved community. I invite you to pray for these people, to pray that they would know the eternal truth manifest and incarnate in Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. Pray that they may be transformed in believing this truth, and that in believing they may become children of God, that they may have fellowship with the Father and the Son, and that we may have fellowship with them, for our joy is incomplete. And I invite you also 
to offer thanksgiving. To offer thanksgiving that God called others to pray this prayer over you. Let us offer thanksgiving that these prayers have been answered, are being answered, and will be answered. And that our joy is brought closer and closer to completion. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.